Welcome to episode 170 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Friday 29th of September 2017. There are no ads in this episode and no show sponsor either. It's a largely unedited interview with Matt Briggs of the Briggs Campaign, which is big news in the UK at the moment. There are a couple of pauses cut from the audio, but they were just delivery drivers coming to the door at Matt's house. The interview is otherwise uncut. While what we discuss is harrowing at times, the interview very much ends on a positive note. I'm Carlton Reed of bikebiz.com and today I am joined by Matt Briggs, who tragically lost his wife Kim when she was involved in a road traffic incident in London in 2016. She died a week after being hit by fixie rider Charlie Alliston, whose bicycle didn't have a front brake, which is illegal. Alliston was sentenced to 18 months in youth detention. Now, we shan't be discussing Charlie Alliston directly, but we will be discussing Matt's campaign to make sure fixie retailers sell legally compliant bicycles, so with those those front brakes on. We will also be discussing the other part of Matt's campaign uh, for a law change, bringing cyclists into line with motorists who kill. And I think Matt's just falling over there. Uh, It's this second part of the campaign which has generated an amazing amount of media coverage and, amazingly, promises of government action. Uh, There have been mentions of the campaign by Prime Minister Theresa May. The Department for Transport has said it will carry out a review of, an inverted commas here, cycle safety. And the Minister for Transport has sent out an extraordinary letter asking cycling organisations to police cyclists. And this is the kind of letter that has never been sent to motoring organisations, and I know because I checked. Now, Matt has been on the BBC, he's been on Sky News, and he's been all over much of the rest of the media. But this will be his first audio interview with a cycle journalist. And I'll be asking questions that the mainstream media perhaps didn't. So welcome to the Spokesman podcast, Matt. Thank you, Carlton. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, first off, and this is always naturally going to be awkward, how are you doing and how are your two kids doing? Um, I think we're doing pretty well. I, I, I always say think because it's a, I think it's a, it's, it's a long process um, as an adult journeying through grief, but also... Um, for children, especially um, journeying through grief, um, the trial came, uh, I think, 18 months after um, after Kim passed away, and um, it, it was harder than I thought. It was it was more grueling than I thought, and and, and uh, you know, I say that I don't think I prepared myself properly, but but how could you? Um, but but sitting through an old Bailey trial for a week and a half and having to gather one's own feelings on the on the train on the way home, but then quickly turn to how you help your children process their own feelings um, has uh, has been difficult. But, you know, we're pretty tough. We're, we're, we're coming through that now. And um, in, in many ways, I think having a, a campaign that I see as um, as positive and optimistic and forward looking I think helps with that process. So, 
yeah, they're, uh, my kids are amazing. You know, they're, they're big sports players and I'm a, I'm a huge believer that sport is a, a great thing for kids. So, um, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're doing okay. That's good to hear. Uh, now, you have had, as I mentioned in the introduction there, you have had a, a quite staggering amount of media coverage. So what kind of coverage were you expecting to get from both the trial and, and your campaign? Um, look, I think, I think you're right. I think the coverage, the coverage has been uh, very extensive. Um, I, I had no idea, Carlton. You know, I, I thought, uh, I, I, knew that, I knew that I wanted to try and bring about um, uh, legal change. And I knew that I also had a piece of work to do around um, getting these bikes off the road. And I know we'll come on to that. But look, you know, I honestly thought this would be in the in the evening standard a bit, and and and, and probably the, my local news shop a, a lot. Um, so I was uh, quite taken aback, I think, by the by the media coverage, quite unprepared for it. Um, and you know, it's 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 a world I stepped into with, with a good degree of trepidation because. You know, we we are quite private people. Kim was a was a was a very private person. She was like huge amounts of fun. I mean, she would she would she would have you laughing within minutes of, of meeting her. But we were we were quite a private family. So I stepped into it with a a good degree of of, of trepidation, and I constantly calibrate uh, to make sure that it's um, that it's okay, that it's manageable for the for the children. Um, but yes, sorry, that's a very long answer to your question. I was, I was uh, quite surprised by the level of, of media interest in this. And, and let's discuss what you do for a living because you're not a professional campaigner. This is something that has been forced upon you. No, far from it. I, I, um, I'm a director of a company that, um, is involved in events and, uh, exhibitions. So no, uh, not a not a campaigner. Um, I still I still sort of hesitate to call myself a campaigner, um, but uh, no, it's not something I have any experience of. So I've done lots of stories on this on um, bike biz, but talk us through the fixies part of the campaign. You have been successful with a number of retailers, so just just talk us through that. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I'm speaking here to an audience who. who I'm very aware, probably know a lot more than me, but um, here goes. The the bike uh, being ridden in the in my wife's case was a was a, a track bike. I understand it, it didn't it didn't have drillings at the front. It couldn't have taken a front brake. So that's one type of of bike. Uh, the second is a, a fixed wheeled uh, road bike. Uh, which uh, is is typically sold, uh, Carlton, with a front brake um, in the box. But there are a number, uh, a section of society that chooses either to not put that brake on or to remove it if they brought it secondhand. Or, um, as in the case, actually, the defendant, uh, in my wife's case, I understand people sort of put it on and take it off and put it on and take it off. My... uh, um, I mean, it's anecdotal evidence, but if I spend a day in London, you know, doing meetings, let's say 10 till 4, I will typically see between two and three uh, bikes, uh, fixed wheel bikes without front brakes. My call to retailers, and, you know, let's be clear, it's perfectly legal to sell 
track bikes. It's perfectly legal to sell um, fixed wheel bikes. My call to retailers is to ensure that in all of the promotional um, material, uh, all of the images being used on websites, that a, uh, a brake is clearly visible if it can take a brake. Um, and if it is a track bike, that it is made very, very clear in the small print that this bike is not legal for road use. And, and um, many retailers had been using photos of the bikes without the front brake in the image. And, and my argument is that that is at best ambiguous and at worst could be seen to be promoting a lifestyle, a style of riding that is, uh, that is illegal. Um, and when it comes to the wording on pure track bikes, um, the, the sort of preferred wording seemed to be that these were not designed for road use. And, and I've been encouraging them with, with, with significant success, actually, to use the phrase not. Well, I, would, I was asking them to say, to please say these are illegal for use on the road. They have preferred a sort of compromise to say, which is not legal for road use, which is which is fine. And look. Credit to the cycle retailers, um, every single one of them, barring one, which I'm finding a little bit sticky, have um, have come on board. And uh, yesterday I had a chat with um, Quella Bikes up in Cambridge, perfectly civilised conversation, more than happy to help, um, you know, send me their condolences. And yeah, I'd be very pleased with that progress. Um, the next part is for me to move on to courier and delivery companies because 90% of the people that I see riding these bikes are uh, couriers or delivery people. And uh, I think, especially in London, the police have more than enough to do without me asking them to do things. So I'm going to the source, you know, I'm going to the retailers and asking them to change and going to the delivery companies and asking them to ensure that their riders are are riding road legal bikes and that they continue to do so. So you are in many ways, and I've expressed this on on Bike Biz for certain, uh, that is you're pushing an open door here in that the retailers who you've contacted have pretty much done the, the, the takedowns straight away because they themselves might not have realised that that photograph shouldn't have been put in in that particular way. And the text on the, the particular bicycle does say this is not legal for road use, but it's just that errant photograph. So you've been successful at getting Chain Reaction Cycles and Wiggle, who obviously joined, to remove that kind of stuff. So who, who else have you been able to um, convince? Uh, well, it started with the, it started with Not on the High Street. Um, the, the irony of the name won't escape you or your or listeners, um, but you're right, yes, Evans, Wiggles, Chain Reaction, uh, Quella, um, uh, a couple of smaller uh, retailers. Uh, the only one that I'm having a little bit of difficulty with, uh, but keep getting assurances that change will be happening, is State Bicycle Company, um, uh, giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're based in Arizona, mm. and it, you know, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but it is it is slower than it possibly should be. And you know, to your point about putting pushing an open door, I, I think I, I think actually this this says a lot about the. Look, one hesitates to use the phrase cycling community. I've, I've stepped into a world that I don't really know, but I understand that saying cycling community is uh, uh, some people don't like it, but you'll forgive me and you'll know what I mean. Mm. 
actually, one could say, if one was cynical, that the retailers are doing this because, look, it's Matt Briggs on the phone. They don't want to be accused of this, accused of that. Actually, I get the impression it's a little bit more, Carlton. I get the impression that it's actually people don't want to be associated with people who ride bikes in this way and that people want to disassociate themselves from that style, that style of, of riding and, and bike use. I actually had a, an email from State last night, and you're right, they're, they're, they're an American company. And the photographs all came through, and they're very nice photographs. Uh, they came through with some beautiful-looking bicycles, but they were used on the road, and they didn't have front brakes on. So I replied to the, the PR person who sent the, the press release through and said, right, I, I know you've been talking to, to Matt Briggs of the UK. What's your response to that? So far, I mean, it's it's only just waking up. At what time is it now? It's uh, it's only seven thirty in America, uh, in Arizona at the moment. Uh, so th- they hopefully will get back in touch with me later today. But some beautiful photography coming through there, and of course, it's all illegal in the UK to to ride a bicycle portrayed in that way. Yeah, and it is it is concerning, and it's possible because the UK retailers are a lot closer to the. To the story, they're a lot closer to the, um, the, the the debate, and it's possible that the the you know again giving them the benefit of the doubt, being uh, on the west coast of America, they may feel slightly disassociated from it. Uh, there may be logistical problems between splitting out their website because you know different territories have different jurisdictions. But look, I'll keep pushing, Carlton, and I, I push politely, I push persistently. Um, but it, it does need to change because, as I say, look, it's amb- at best it's ambiguous. At worst, it's promoting a, a, a dangerous and um, illegal way of riding, mm. um, and, it, and, it, and it needs to change. You know, look, I- ignorance is no defence in the law, but the defendant in my wife's case said, as part of his defence, you know, said he didn't know that this was illegal. Well, you know, of course that is no defence. But for anybody who is unsure, if you go online to what you feel is a reputable retailer and see a bike advertised there with clean, with a clean headset, I hope that's the right phrase, with a clean headset, what are you going to think? You know, what are you going to think? You're going to think, well, if they're advertising like that, then that's okay. So why don't we just remove all the ambiguity um, and, and, and start afresh? And as I say, stay to the, the kind of the only ones that i'm finding it a little bit hard work with but we'll get there carlton okay so you i know you're now active on on social media i'm not too sure whether you were before but you are certainly now active uh, with your 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 t- uh, twitter campaign and so you will have seen I, i'm sure that the, the great many comments and, and replies to you and sometimes they're not replies to you but they're kind of mentioning you uh where cyclists are, are saying that when motorists kill they may just get a slap on the wrist. And yet here's a cyclist who's detained for 18 months for an offence that occurred at, at relatively low speeds. So cyclists and social media stars, including Dr. Ben Goldacre of Bud Science fame, have been highlighting the great number of cases where motorists seem, and this is, I'm, I'm coining an unfortunate phrase here, they seem to get off with murder. So what's your take on that? I... I think that uh, yes, I am on on social media um, on a on a uh, on that specific question. Look, that is about application of the law. 
I get it. I completely understand. People are very, very frustrated that they feel that the law is not applied um, in, a, in a manner in which they think it should be applied when other things happen uh, in other road traffic collisions. But that argument is about application of the law. I'm even further back from that because there is no coherent, effective, similar law to apply. So I would, I would, I'm not love, that would be the wrong phrase, but I would, would it be that I was, you know, talking to you about a failure of the law being applied here? There's no law to apply. And that's simply what I'm calling for. Now, to your next point, people saying that, um, look, there was a conviction and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the, 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 the ability to bring a manslaughter charge was very unusual. And, and um, there are two, and I'm not a lawyer, but there are two types of manslaughter. There is illegal act manslaughter and gross negligence manslaughter. And in this case, because of the um, agreed illegal act of uh, riding a, uh, a bike without front brakes, the CPS, after an inordinate amount of of, of um of thought, of consideration, of review, were able to bring a manslaughter charge. The other charge is an 18, look, it's, it's well known, but it's an 1861 act. It was an act that uh, I understand was was um, brought about because of people riding furiously, riding horses furiously in Hyde Park. And it doesn't even mention causing death. And I had to go to an old Bailey hearing many months after Kim had died, um, but it was still pretty raw. I had to go to an old Bailey hearing where the judge uh, looked at the charge sheet, read the charge, which is causing, I think, causing bodily harm by means of wanton and furious driving. And he looked up and he said, may I inquire as to the the condition of uh, Mrs. Briggs? And the court, as you can imagine, went absolutely silent and the barrister stood up and said, well, she, she died, Your Honor. You know, and of course he was very apologetic and uh, and that. But to say that that uh, the law is is adequate is 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 is, um, is completely wrong. It's an 1861 act, not even designed for cyclists. Certainly, certainly not designed for the type of uh, uh, bikes that are, that are that are being used in being used in this case. And so, what I'm I'm simply calling for the Road Traffic Act to be updated and. Um, for the law to be appropriate, for it to be coherent, for it to be understandable, so that the next person this happens to, and, and you know, there, there will be another person, um, that the CPS and the police have a coherent charging framework to reach for. So you want the, the, the Road Traffic Act to catch up and be adequate and for there to be an offence of dangerous cycling, which will we'll, we'll then join with dangerous driving. Uh, so you and others have pointed out the offence that uh, Charlie Alliston was found guilty of, uh, as you said, which was wanton or furious driving uh, or the willful misconduct. Uh, it actually dates from the Offences Against the Persons Act of 1861. Now, this is portrayed in the media as some you know, dusty Victorian relic, but every offence of violence causing injury today is still prosecuted under that supposedly antiquated law. So why update at all, given that Charlie Alliston, he was convicted and he, he was subsequently detained? 
Yeah, well, look, to your point about assaults um, and, and other things coming under the uh, 1861 Act, there are, yes, I would say the 1861 Act is, is broadly applicable in those cases. But my, my, you know, I'd put a question back to you is, is you know, why is the death of, death of my wife at the hands of a cyclist uh, acting illegally any less deserving of an effective and relevant law than the death uh, of, of a cyclist in the hands of another vehicle driver doing the same you know surely as a as a as a citizen as a as a you know as a taxpayer as a as a as a bereaved family we have the right to call for a law when we feel the law has has let us down okay well, instead of answering that directly i'll just put it i'll just put it into another question uh, because that, that that kind of raises a just it raises a, a point and, and and the point I will address with with the question. Uh, so the the laws pertaining to driving, and this is where I'm getting at, have long recognised, and I'm a historian, so I've long recognised that motorists have a huge capacity, a disproportionate capacity to harm, because they are piloting heavy, fast machines. Bicycles are light; they're not capable of the same speeds, and to many, equivalence in law seems disproportionate. So pedestrian deaths caused by cyclists, yeah, as I'm sure you know, you've been, it's been pointed out to you, account for much less than 1% of the total. So it's like 400 deaths in 2015, uh, motorists and, and pedestrians, and then uh, cyclists have, have killed two pedestrians. So it's a tiny, tiny percentage. So how do you square that circle? Well, um, just because something is rare, it's not unique, not unique just because something is rare doesn't mean that it shouldn't have a a, a, a remedy in law um i understand that it's exceptionally rare what happened to kim you know thank goodness it is but this has proved that the this case has demonstrated that people can be killed in this way so it, it sort of slightly unpicks your first point that although rare, it is possible and where there is illegal wrongdoing. And that's that's quite a high bar, um, Carlton, you know, it requires the, the police, first of all, to think that there is illegality and then requires the CPS to bring charges. But where there is illegality, it's my view that. The, the dangerous cycling laws. Now, I think also, I think dangerous cycling and careless cycling is covered in the Road Traffic Act. I think from memory, it's sections 28 and 29 of the RTA, but they are currently summary only offences. And what I'm saying is that, that uh, with the huge increase in the number of people cycling, which is brilliant, and I think, I, I, I think people will recognise or you know, reasonable people will recognise that I have been consistent in every single interview I've given. This is not anti-cycling. Actually, th this is this is a legal matter. Mm. Um, huge increase in the number of people cycling. There will be a concomitant increase in risk. And the law, because the uh, um, huge number of people cycling leads to that increased number of risk, the law a percentage of risk, sorry, the law just simply hasn't caught up. We have shown, this case has tragically shown, that they can kill. And I simply want the Road Traffic Act to reflect that. 
Matt, of course, it's and I'm calling calling this for cause of you know causing death by dangerous cycling and causing serious injury mm. by dangerous cycling. They are very rare occurrences. The um, and I would imagine the charge, sorry, the prosecutions will themselves be very rare. But just because something is rare doesn't mean to say that there shouldn't be a remedy in law. Okay, so it's rare, as you say, but. Should not the government's priority be on reducing the 400 and not potentially be distracted by the two? Um, I can't really comment on that. I, I, I think that, of course, there is there is an enormous uh, job to be done in protecting vulnerable road users. Um, but I am walking in my shoes. I am. I have sat through 18 months waiting for something to to come to trial having been told at the very beginning that they weren't really sure of the charges that could be bought. And I've just been one polite, persistent voice calling for what I think should be changed. Other people have perfectly valid other concerns, and I completely get that. But it doesn't really take away my right to call on the government to get change for when I think there should be change, for when Rhiannon Bennett's parents think there should be change, for when Mary Evans's uh, family think there should be change. And, and that's all I'm doing is, 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 you know, my quiet, persistent, polite voice. And I, I do believe I have every right to call for that change. OK, let's let's talk about those other people. So uh, campaigning organisations like Road Peace, who I'm sure you know, they represent road traffic victims uh, and they've been campaigning for road justice for many years. Similarly, other pedestrian cycle campaigners, and here I'm thinking specifically of Chris Boardman, whose mum was knocked from her bike and she was killed. So they have all been working long and hard to get the government to take notice of deaths on the road. And that's from pedestrians and, 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 and cyclists. Yet you've been able to prod the government into action at your first attempt and very quickly. Is that, do you think, motor centrism in action? Um, I don't think I've been doing this long enough to, to, to really be able to answer that properly. Um, the, I mean, I guess you're asking me, why do you think I've been successful? And actually, let, let's just sort of slightly backtrack on that. I haven't actually achieved anything yet. I've, True. I've got the government to, to, call a, to call a review. So Yes, they could, you know, they could let, backtrack let, on that, couldn't they? They often do. Well, let's, you know, yeah, as I say, let's not, let's not claim too much success mm. here. Nothing's actually, actually happened. Mm. Um, so I guess your question is, why do, you, why do I think I've been successful? Is that, is that it? Yes. Um, I think, I think, I think Kim's case has come at a time when there are more and more people cycling, which is a good thing. I think it's come at a time when the debate, uh, was already, uh, becoming quite intense and it's a, it's it's a debate that I've constantly striven to take the anger out of Carlton mm. and, I, and I hope people have, have recognized that mm. so I think Kim's case you know came at, at that time and it's it's, it's a it's a truly awful thing for me mm. um 
that, that, that that has happened. But it, it doesn't take anything away from the tragedy of other road deaths. Every single road death is um, an absolute tragedy. Now, Carlton, I'm just going to have to stop there because I've got <laughs> someone at the door. Okay. Sorry, Carlton. Let, let, me, let me just point out here that yeah. uh, I will cut the particular bit of where you've just your footsteps go away, you answer the doorbell, <laughs> and you get a package. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that bit out. But the rest of this interview is pretty much totally, in fact, wholly uncut. And I very much yeah. wanted you to be able to just say you what you wanted to say and ask and yeah. answer my questions in a way that I'm not trying to trip you up. I'm not no, trying to. You haven't been given these questions in advance. I've just wanted to to have a, a conversation with you and and for, for others to make up their own minds about yeah. uh, both my questions and your answers. So th- that's just to say you've walked away there from the conversation. <laughs> that bit's edited out, but the rest is is uh, is as is. Okay, fine. Well, I, I'll I'll just pick up where I left mm. off then uh, before the doorbell went. So so yes, I think that the the debate was already underway. I think. Kim's death is a is a is a a, um, a notable tragedy, but every single road death is a tragedy, and I completely get that. Um, I think it was it, it was highly unusual, and I think what I have done is point out that there is a legal problem, uh, and I've been very specific that this for me is about the law. And I've been very polite, very persistent, very focused. I'm not asking for too much. I'm just asking for one thing. Now, that might be a monumental thing to achieve with the, with the legal process. But I'm asking for one thing, which is for a, a gap in the law to be corrected. And I think that may be part of the reason that we've um, got this far. I guess... Any other part of that, you'd probably have to ask the, the, the government and the ministers. But I will come back to the fact, Carlton, that we've not actually really achieved anything just yet. Mm. Now, what you have achieved, and this is absolutely not your fault, and I'm not saying it is your fault, but an awful lot of the heat and light that's been generated by this this very, very tragic case is, what want a better phrase, anti-cycling. So I know you've said you're not anti-cycling, but an awful lot of the media have latched onto it and are using it as a hook to be very conveniently anti-cyclist. So, so, so what do you say, how have you viewed the coverage that when it does descend into let's, let's bash cyclists over the head here? I've, I've always, I've always stayed away from that. I always and will always say, you know, I'm looking out in my garden at, at, a, at you know, three push bikes. We, we, we cycle. Mm. Um, this is not anti-cycling. And more, more than that, I totally get, I think Peter Walker wrote a book about how cycling could save the world. Um, I totally get the benefits for society, for our health, for our transport system, all of that. I've stayed away from uh, I've stayed away from anyone who sort of tried to take my uh, what I'm calling for further. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Of course, there are people who have other agendas, who have other uh, things that they're calling for, and 
might use my name, might use this case. But if people come back to me and ask me the questions, you know, I can't really account for a lot of the stuff that's written. I certainly can't account for the comments that then, you know, in 2017, every news piece has to have a comment section. And I can't take responsibility for what people write there. My voice is persistent, it's polite, and it's calling for a change in the law. And it's calling for bike retailers and courier companies to help me get these bikes off the road. What other people say is really up to them. Uh, I understand I have a responsibility and I really, really do try and do it whenever I can to take the heat out of it. Mm. And I think by being um, calm, by talking about not being angry, I, I, I hope that in some way, I, some ways I can, I can dial that heat down. Um, I think the other point that you, you may be coming on to, but others have leveled at me, is they say, well, okay, but why are you going on? Why are you talking to newspapers who have this agenda? Why are you talking to, to, to radio presenters who have been you know, bashing cyclists for years? And I, and I would say that two things on that. One, I don't get drawn into wider arguments, as I've, as I've said. And secondly, you know, the only people from the cycling press, if I may call you that, that have stepped forward have been yourself and have been Peter Walker. I've not been approached by any cycling magazine. Mm. I've not been approached by any other cycling journalist. If I had, I'd be doing things like this because, you know, I'm not here to lobby people, but trying to explain things in 140 characters or 30 seconds on the BBC is, is not perfect. So had other people from the cycling press stepped forward, I would have spoken to them and I would take, as I'm trying to do now, take tough questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you that same sort of question again, because yeah. not, not that I want to direct you into saying something completely different, but just because your, your polite and considerate campaign has been used to ad- attack cyclists, is there some way that you can, right here and now, like say you 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 don't stand with them, so you don't stand with those commentators who said, you know, cycling should be licensed, cycling all cyclists should have helmets, all cyclists should uh, have, te- you know, all the the anti-cycling things which which are regularly uh, uh, dredged up when when commentators want to have a go at cycling. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to start naming uh, journalists or presenters mm. that I want to disassociate myself with. I think then we get into the whole sort of you know no platforming and all of this sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. I will come back to the point that consistently, persistently, all I talk about to the point where I think I'm boring to some journalists. <laughs> I mean, I think I really think I'm becoming. <laughs> my, my own kids are sort of saying, "Oh God, not not, not you on the telly again." Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where you know I'm. I'm persistently boring. There's a problem with the law. The law didn't serve Kim well. Uh, That's a legal problem. Can we fix that? Can we get fixed wheel bikes without front brakes and velodrome bikes off the road, please? Mm -hmm. All the other stuff, Carlton, all the other noise that that you just highlighted, I don't get drawn on. I don't answer questions about. I I get asked questions by um, journalists. And I say, actually, that's not something I'm really qualified to comment on. Uh, it's not part of my campaign. Um, 
you know, and, I'm, and, I, and I move on. Let, let's let's talk about that fix. So there's a fix you want, and and you have absolutely every right to ask for that fix. You have um, a very clear and obvious reason uh, in your family history for wanting that fix. But I'd just like to explore how other organisations and individuals in, in very similar situations to you have wanted to get a similar fix and haven't. So as I'm sure you'll now know, that the, in, in 2014, the Ministry of Justice promised a revamp of road offences in general, following a number of pedestrian deaths before that. Since then, nothing has happened. So many cyclists and, and pedestrian campaigners fear that, or have said on social media, for, for instance, that said that your campaign could deflect the government from carrying out uh, that road safety review. Because uh, let's face it, with Brexit taking up so much legislative oxygen, there might not be enough time for a comprehensive overhaul. But a quick and easy law change, that, that fix that you're, you're after, that might happen and that would please the tabloids. That would please that, that, that kind of uh, the, the attackers. Because that might just be portrayed as a job done by the government. It'd be quite simple. So if that was the case, and if if your your fix uh, meant that the, the government did create a, a new law of death by dangerous cycling, but then didn't publish its wider review, would that not, in the real world, actually lead to more tragic deaths of both pedestrians and 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 cyclists? I think the, the, the government. The, the government's task here in doing what I'm doing is they've outsourced the question, I think, uh, and I don't have their statement in front of me, but I think they've outsourced one small question to a firm of lawyers to answer that question. There's a very clear space in the Road Traffic Act uh, to do it. It does require primary legislation. It does require primary legislation at a time when the calendar is, you know, as you say, sort of fairly clogged up, although I don't know much about this sort of stuff with Brexit stuff. I cannot see how in any way me doing that has pushed uh, the other calls out of the, out of the, out of the door. I, I simply can't. It's a very small piece of work that's been done by external lawyers. If people feel that the government is not delivering on their, on their 2014 promise, then they need to be pushing that argument hard as well. But I don't see, I simply don't see that I'm taking up huge amounts of government time. You know, I've had one 45-minute meeting with the transport minister. They've then outsourced the question to um, a, a firm of lawyers. And it, it's, it's um, already sat within the Road Traffic Act just to insert a couple of paragraphs underneath. So, no, I, I, I don't really go with that. To the next part of your point, you know, about the 2014 thing, and this is where I do go off my, my knowledge base, Carlton, because mm. I've only really been at this for a month. But if, if a promise has been made, then, yes, I can completely understand why people feel that a promise should be delivered. Mm. Yeah, Matt, you, you actually said something that, as far as I'm concerned, is, is news to me, and as far as I gather is news to other people too and that is we didn't know there's a firm of lawyers involved here we just were told it's i mean in the press release that came out for the from the department of transport it was a review will be held i'm pretty well, sure i'm not i'm not 
I'm not giving you, <laughs> I'm not giving you, I, I don't have any information on that. I think that the, the, I tell you where I'm getting that from is in the press release. Mm. I think the phrase external legal review was used. So I don't have any inside track. I'm afraid oh, okay. I don't have any, any gossip on that or anything right. like that. I, I just, that I, in my simple head, and it is quite simple, quite often, uh, when it said external legal review, I took that to mean that that would be passed to an outside company, but I don't have any grounds for that other than just reading into that phrase. Okay. Okay. Um, well, on that, that, that subject, have you been given any indication uh, by the government on, on how quickly any r- rule change, any law change might, might take place? How no. About, no, no, none at all. I, I think, I think that they have said that the review will come back in the new year, but of course the new year is a, very uh, fluid term. Um, after that, no, no, I've not been given any indication of what the review, of course, of what the review will come back. Um, it's a step. It's a, for me, it's a stepping stone. It's a positive mm. stepping stone. But then when it comes back, that's when we'll have to move on to the next stage. Now, many have pointed out, and this is in a similar vein here, many have pointed out that um, in tragic cases like this, is is it's maybe not the time to actually bring forward legislation because it's it's almost too soon. These things should not be done uh, in extremis. You, you you should take quite a bit of time over these things, and this might be seen uh, by some as too hasty. And the, the 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 previous law that's often brought up in here is like the Dangerous Dogs Act, where you know bad. Uh, legislation was brought in because of a lot of tabloid heat and light, as we said before, and they might not get uh, such a fantastic law. Is, is that your door again? Uh, no, <laughs> it's not my front door. Um, okay, well, look, the, the last law that was used here was 1861. So given that it's, if my maths is correct, it's 156 years, I, I don't really think that a 156-year wait constitutes overly hasty legislation. But on the more serious point of drafting good law, uh, there is there is provision uh, there is provision within the Road Traffic Act uh, for dangerous cycling, careless cycling. They are summary only offences. There is also, but 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 they sit in the they sit in law. Um, the uh sorry carlton now that's my daughter calling okay mind if i take that no no go for i can edit this out are you back matt i am back yes i've I've just said to her that i'll leave the front door open so uh we should be okay now carlton my apologies well well first of all before i i end this and i've got to say thank thank you ever so much of course for for taking out the time and you are having to fulfill the role of of two parents here so i really do appreciate you, you you taking the time here but just one final point and this is this is something that we did discuss in the in the the the, the phone call that set up this particular interview and that is and, and i'm now looking to end on a positive matt uh so do you think it's likely or potential or you, that you would welcome that you've maybe now prized open a door with the government where, for want of a better phrase, we could all rush in and something could actually 
genuinely could happen here with road safety. So yes, you want your particular law change, but the very fact that the government is now listening to you means that other campaigners could come along in here and say, well, yes, let's 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 go for that particular law change, but as part of a much wider and more comprehensive package. So what would you would you welcome something like that? Yeah, I think you you know you made a point to me, and I think you you've made it on Twitter that um, this there are there are significant positive benefits to having a a, a debate here about our uh, imperfect roads, about our um, about vulnerable road users. There is a there is a wider debate that I think actually, if you look beyond the headlines, I think that debate is is being had. Um, you know, I'm calling for what I'm calling for, but I think you're right. I think that the the the, the debate is now on. I think it's for it's you know it's incumbent upon me, and I do understand that it's incumbent upon me to take any heat and any anger out of it. And I think you know I think I I try and do a good job. You know, and if uh, if I can keep doing that, I will. But yes, I think there is a, a wider debate on the table about road safety, about how, you know, especially in London, how with these small imperfect roads, we can make it work for all road users. And I'm not qualified to talk about infrastructure. Um, but yes, I think that has to be that has to be a good thing. And I you know, I think the government are listening to that debate, and I think if it um, if if that debate is widened and we get uh, we get progress in many areas, then that that has to be that has to be a good thing. Matt, as I said, I do like to end on a positive, and I would say that's very much a, a positive. So I really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, today to to talk to me and for others to to listen to you unedited apart from when you've been answering the door and edited to what you've 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 got to say because clearly when when you appear on sky news when you appear on the bbc you don't get 45 minutes you get you know 45 seconds sometimes in which you it's very hard to get across the very complex issues we've been discussing here today so i do thank you for that yeah, thank you. I mean, it is it is it is complex. It is nuanced. I'm 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 not a I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a, a, a specialist on cycling infrastructure. Um, I, I and I try my best, as I say, to to do this without staying away from all the heat and all the anger. But I I wanted to talk to you because I want to engage. I'm not here, as I say, I'm not here to lobby. I wanted to engage and explain in more than 140 characters the the complexities, explain what's happened to me. Um, and you're right, it is it is nuanced, it is complex. But I hope that uh, I've gone some way to um, to doing that. And and if there are questions that you feel that that you or others want to put to me again, I'm I'm more than happy to chat to you again in the future, Carlton. And and I would also like to say thank you to to you and to people like Peter Walker and the many other people that follow me on Twitter. And I was just <laughs> on a on a lighter note, I was looking at my Twitter followers. And I have to be, you know, careful. I've only got four hundred. I'm not not exactly Taylor Swift here, but um my my Twitter followers are broadly split between cyclists 
or people who cycle, mm-hmm. uh, journalists and uh, cabbies. So, <laughs> I mean, what what could possibly go wrong? But I I really hope that that by engaging and and as I say, thank you to people like yourself, to Peter Walker, to to the many other people, uh, you know, cyclists who who send me supportive comments and who engage with me positively, ask robust questions, but do so in a, in a, just a, a, a polite way that, that adds to the debate and, and doesn't detract from it because, uh, you know, we've got, so we seem to have an angry narrative in our society in a sort of coarsened discourse. And this is another podcast, but that, anger seems to sort of, you know, if that translates onto the road, mm. then we're never going to get anywhere. We're never going to get anywhere. And by calming it down, by not shouting at each other, I think we can make that pro- the progress that I want to see, but we can also make the progress that others want to see. I really don't think that the two are, are separate or that the two nudge each other up and down the agenda. I think they can be they can be done in, in tandem. But I have the time and the energy to just about do what I'm calling for. Um, but it's up for others, as you say, to, to, to use that window of opportunity while that debate is there to, to do it. But I would urge people to do it in with calm, rational voices, because that gets you a long, long way. George or not war war. Just polite conversation gets polite responses. And we could all use a little bit more polite debate, I think, in this world. <laughs>